This is Pastor Eric Love. I want to thank you for tuning into today's podcast. God told Joshua that if he meditated on the word and obeyed it, that he would make his way prosperous and that he would have good success. My prayer is that as you meditate on this word that you're about to hear and apply it to your life, that you too will find good success. Blessings on you and enjoy this word from the Lord. Amen. Thank y'all for being here. Listen, if you grab your Bible and uh, find with me the gospel according to St. Luke, the gospel according to St. Luke chapter number two, the gospel according to St. Luke chapter number two. Amen. I, I, we are in a series, those of you who are new to us, we are in a series entitled Grow. Everybody shout Grow. Uh, that is our vision. That's our vision statement for this season of our ministry. God simply told me to tell the people to grow. That's where we are. God said, tell them to grow. Um, we're going to grow spiritually. Everybody shout spiritually. We're going to grow relationally. Everybody say relationally. And we're going to grow numerically. Everybody say numerically. Amen. So God has us on a on a, on a trajectory of growth. But right now, God is growing us as a ministry. He's growing us spiritually. And so um, today being our, our youth Sunday or the day that we uh, recognize our youth and give them a large place uh, in our service. Um, so I, I was praying and asking God. And of course, God has an amazing ways of putting all things together. Um, so I want I want to stay in that vein today, talking about this area of growth. I want to sh- look at me. I'm going to share something with you guys today that that I wish I'd heard almost 20 years ago. I wish I'd heard this sermon 20 years ago because there are some decisions and some mistakes that I made along the way that I may not have made had I heard this sermon. So again, I encourage you guys to take notes, take pictures of the screens, whatever you have to do, because I I believe that God is pushing us to grow. Amen. You know, I, I was, I was complimenting my wife the other day because, um, um, we, we, kind of, we kind of came to a point where we had a disagreement, but then we both talked about it. And I mean, it was only matter. It, it was minutes after minutes. We had both uh, apologized. We had forgiven each other. And man, we went on to go back to hugging. Amen. Now there was a time where we'd be mad today. Now, three days later, <laughs> amen. <laughs> we ain't talked to each other three days. Um, but but even we are growing to another level. We're, we're, we're growing. How many of you can say that you feel like you're growing? You know that you're growing. Amen. Because stuff that used to get on your nerves, don't, that don't bother you the way it used to. Amen. And, and so you, you kind of know that you're growing. So, so let's, let, let's look here. Let's look here. I want to show you all this in Luke's gospel. Luke was a, a physician, so Luke had a great job of writing about the humanity of God. Luke chapter number two, and thank God for all of our teenagers in the room. Teenager, this is a message um, that's going to bless you um, as well as the adults that are in the room. Luke chapter number two, look over at verse number 52. Only one verse. Luke chapter two, verse 52. And Luke records this. And Jesus grew. Everybody say grew. If you have the New King James Version, your Bible may say increase. But the, the, new, new, uh, the NIV Version says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let me say that again. And Jesus grew. I better say grew. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature 
and in favor with God and man. Only one verse. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord God, for what you're about to do in this moment. Father, take this word and minister this word to our hearts. God, don't let us rest until we have received everything that you have to say to us today. Father, we thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Not before you take your seats. If this is your testimony, high five three people and tell them we're growing to another level. Come on, just tell the high five them and tell them we're growing to another level. Glory to God. Now find another neighbor and tell them I'm growing to another level. Come on, tell them I'm growing to another level. I'm growing to another level. I don't know about you, but I'm growing to another level. I'm growing. I'm growing to another level. I'm growing to another level. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm growing to another level. Growing to another level. Pharaoh was commanded by God through the voice of Moses to let the Israelites go free. Moses, in rebellion to God and in rebellion to Moses, laughs at Moses and mocks his God. As a result, God releases ten plagues on Egypt. The plagues were very, very severe plagues that he releases on Egypt. The first plague was the plague of blood where God allows the Nile, he allows the Nile River to turn into blood and all the fish and all the things that were in the Nile begin to die. He, the, the, the water supply was polluted. That was the first plague. The second plague was the plague of frogs. Where God told Moses, tell Pharaoh that there's going to be frogs all over the place. There are going to be frogs, watch this, in your bedroom. There are going to be frogs in your bathroom. He even told him, tell Moses, there are going to be frogs even in your oven. You're not going, there's nowhere you're going to be able to step without stepping on a frog. That was a, that was a rough plague right there to have frogs. I, you know, me and frogs, we're not that cool. The third plague was the, the plague of lice. God told Moses, he said, go strike the ground, strike the dust. And he says, wherever there's dust, the dust will become lice. The dust will become lice and gnats. And you're going to have lice and gnats all over the place. If you've ever left some food out and had gnats in your house, gnats will drive you crazy. And them little jokers, as small as they are, they're real loud when they get by your ear. The fourth one was flies. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send flies. And if you thought the nets was bad, flies all in your house and flies. In, you can't go to the bathroom without flies. And he sends all these flies. And then he sends a pestilence of the livestock. So now when they walk outside and they go to the fields, all of the cattle are dead. All the cattle, all the flocks, all the herds, everything is dying all around them. This is happening in Egypt because of Pharaoh's rebellion. All these plagues are coming. Uh, the next plague was, was boil. God told Moses, he said, take a handful of soot from the oven. I want you to go to Moses, excuse me, go to Pharaoh. Tell Pharaoh what I said again. If Pharaoh doesn't submit this time, take the soot. I need you to throw the soot in the air. When you throw the soot in the air, it's going to become particles. And the particles are going to touch all the men and all the women of Egypt. And they're going to have boils. Not only men and women will have boils, but also the animals are going to have severe boils boils that start to break out all over their body because of their disobedience. Then he said, I'm going to send a thunderstorm with hail and fire. He says, it's going to be a storm the likes of which Egypt has never seen before in their lives. 
Then he said, I'm going to send locusts. All that the, the hail doesn't destroy, I'm going to send the locusts. And the locusts are going to destroy everything that the thunder, thunderstorm and the hail does not destroy. If that wasn't bad enough, then he sends darkness. Darkness for three days over Egypt. And uh, so they couldn't tell one day from the next because every day for three days was dark. But then came the final plague. The final plague was the plague where God said, tell Pharaoh that I'm going to send this 10th plague. And this 10th plague is going to be the 10th plague of death where God himself released the death angel. He released the angel of death to go through Egypt. And as the death angel will go through Egypt, God tells Moses, he said, tell my people, all the people who call on the name of Jehovah God, all the name, all the people that call on the name of God, he said, I want you to take the blood of a lamb without spot or blemish. I want you to take his blood. I want you to put his blood on the lentils. I want you to put his blood on the door post so that when the death angel comes into Egypt, the death angel will look at the blood that's on the door and the angel will recognize that this house has been marked by God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so this, this, uh, this particular plague was so severe that it killed Pharaoh's firstborn son and Pharaoh finally says, let him go. Let the people go. Uh, so now, fast forwarding all, they're there and they, they've made it to the promised land. They're starting a life. And, and what, what Moses tells, tells uh, the people of Israel, he tells them, he said, every year you guys need to go back and y'all need to celebrate the feast of the Passover. Celebrate the feast where the death angel passed over the children of Israel. I need you to go back and celebrate that dreadful night there in Egypt. Go back and celebrate. It was on one of these, uh, on one of these pilgrimage that uh, the, 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 the parents of Jesus decided that they were going to go back to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast of the Passover. At this time, Jesus was about 12 years old. If I say 12 years old. Jesus is 12 years old. His parents make the pilgrimage. They go back to Jerusalem. They celebrate the feast of Passover. After they celebrate the Passover feast, they were on their way back to Nazareth. The Bible says that they had made a day's journey. They had walked a day's worth of walking back to Nazareth. Mary turns around and says, where is Jesus? Mary says, where is Jesus? Uh, they said, well, we don't know. We haven't seen him. Maybe he's with the, some of his cousins. So they go back and they say, have y'all seen Jesus? No one had seen Jesus. They said, man, where in the world is Jesus? So Mary and, and the father of Jesus, here's what they do. They turn around and they go back to Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem. They search for him. Watch this. For three days, they search for Jesus. For three days, could not find him. Watch this. Then they finally decide to go to the church to look for him. Glory to God. Isn't it sad? Isn't it sad? When people no longer look for Jesus in the church. They searched for him three days. And then when they went, watch this. When they finally went into the church, Jesus, Jesus, 12 years old, a 12-year-old boy, this 12-year-old Jesus, the boy Jesus was sitting in front of scholars. He was sitting in front of, in front of the law writers of the day. He's sitting in front of some scholastic giants. He's sitting there and he's, this 12-year-old boy is holding conversation with some of the smartest people in that day on the planet. He's holding conversation and the people were amazed and astonished at his understanding. He's 12 years old. 
12-year-old boy. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they were so amazed. Watch this. Not just at his understanding, but they were amazed at his questions. The questions they were asking. The question that he was asking. They were amazed at him. This 12-year-old boy was there and he was astonishing. And he was profounding the people that were listening to him. His mama rolled up and she said, Jesus, man, what are you doing? We've been looking for you for three days. We've been looking for you. What are you doing here? Why have you done this to us? Jesus said, Jesus said, why are you looking for me? Glory to God. Jesus said, didn't you know that I have to be about my father's business? Watch this. He said, how did my father's business? The Bible says that Mary pondered that in her. She didn't fully understand it, but the Bible says that Mary pondered that in her heart because Mary's trying to figure out what type of answer was that? Why are you looking for me? I did about my father's business. But then watch this. The Bible says that Jesus went back to Nazareth. 12-year-old Jesus went back to Nazareth. When he went back to Nazareth, he became subject to them. In other words, he, became, he went back and obeyed what they said. But here's the part. Here's where we get to the part where his mom looks at him. And even Luke records this. Luke says that they looked at him and the boy Jesus was growing. They looked at him. He was growing in wisdom. He was growing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and men. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Here is what messed me up. Because I thought that wisdom was just for old folks. I thought that you had to wait till you get old before you became wise. I thought that it was only the gray-headed men that was wise. I now understand that there's some gray-headed men that are still fools. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. No disrespect to the gray-haired men in the room. But now you are. But now I get it. Wait a minute. The Bible is saying that Jesus... At 12 years old, grew in wisdom. So watch this. Why didn't somebody tell me that I could be 12 and wise? Why didn't somebody tell me I could be 15 and wise? I could have been 17 and wise. Why didn't somebody tell me I could have been 34 and wise? Because, because we, because in our minds we think that wisdom is reserved for the aged. But scripture clearly says that the boy Jesus was growing in wisdom. Now here's the question for us. Here's the question for us. Here's the question that I ask. Here's what I pose to you. If Jesus grew in wisdom, watch this. If he grew in wisdom, if his wisdom grew, then if his wisdom grew, then is it possible for our wisdom to grow? Is it possible for us? Is it possible for you and for me to grow in wisdom? Is it possible for the girls that were on stage to grow in wisdom? Is it possible for the young men that were on stage to grow in wisdom? Watch this. So if that is the truth, if that is the case, then how do we grow in wisdom? 
How do we grow in wisdom? Grow means to become larger or greater over a period of time. It means to increase or to progress in maturity. So if I'm going to grow, if I'm going to become larger, if I'm going to become greater, if I'm going to progress in maturity, then how do we do it? How do I grow in wisdom? How do you grow in wisdom? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, we have to define wisdom. I'm going to give y'all some really cool definitions of wisdom. I pray that y'all can pick up what I'm putting down. I'm going to give y'all some really cool definition of wisdom. Watch this. Wisdom is the application. Check this out. It is the application of God's knowledge to your everyday life. Wisdom is the application of God's knowledge to your everyday life. Wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge that you've learned from God to your glory to God to your everyday life. Hallelujah. That's what makes one wise is not just having knowledge because knowledge and wisdom are different. Knowledge and wisdom are different. Glory to God. Watch this. Watch this. Knowledge, knowledge tells you how to use the gun. But wisdom tells you when to draw it and when to keep it holstered. Knowledge says that the light turned red, but wisdom applies the brake. Knowledge understands that that's quicksand, but wisdom causes you to walk around it. Knowledge and wisdom are different. Glory to God. So wisdom is the practical application of the knowledge that you have. It is possible to have knowledge with no wisdom. They call those people book smart. But no common sense. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. That just simply means you have a lot of knowledge. But you don't have any wisdom. You're not applying the knowledge that you have. Dr. Ivy Hilliard gives us one of the greatest uh, definitions of wisdom that, that I've ever heard. Wisdom is skill in your decision making. Wisdom is skill in your decision making. Wisdom is being able to make skillful decisions. Be able to make wise decisions. Be able to make learned decisions. And the body of Christ, God needs the body of Christ to grow to the point where we make wise decisions. We become skillful in our decision making. That's what wisdom is. It's being able to make skillful decisions. Glory to God. We have to grow out of the point where we're making dumb decisions and start making wise decisions. Stop making making decisions. Stop making impulsive decisions and start making educated decisions. Start making ed- educated decisions. I was talking to my mentor. Watch this. I was talking to my mentor, and, and we were talking last night about wisdom. And so when I called him, he's writing a book about the progression of wisdom. And that's a shameless plug for him. Y'all, y'all will see it one day on the store in the store. But he's talking about the progression of wisdom. Now watch this. I'm gonna give you this not in the notes, but I'm gonna give you this. He said the progression of wisdom is first, you have to have knowledge. Everybody say knowledge. You have to have knowledge. Now watch this. He talked about having knowledge. The knowledge, you have to read the scripture, you have to get the knowledge, and then knowledge produces faith. Everybody say Faith. faith because you can't have faith without knowledge you have to have knowledge and because watch this faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word well the hearing of the word brings a knowledge of the word and then you go from faith to understanding so you have knowledge faith understanding and then what because the bible says out of all you're getting 
get understanding. And once you get understanding, that's when wisdom kicks in. That's when you that's when you start to ascertain to wisdom. Now, how do we get wisdom? I'm going to make this real easy for you. I'm going to give you the map. Everybody say the map. I'm going to give you the map. Here is the map to receiving wisdom, to getting more wisdom. I used to think that that wisdom wisdom was just something you just you live long enough and you just get wise all of a sudden. But no, no, no. You can grow your wisdom. You can grow in wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom. And so if Jesus grew in wisdom, that means that you and I can grow in wisdom. Here is the map to wisdom. The M represents meditate. Everybody say meditate. Meditate on the word. That's the M. That's the M for map. You have to meditate on the word. That means you have to take the word of God and you have to meditate on it. You have to read it and meditate on the word. You have to meditate on the word. Psalms 119, 15 and 16 says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. I have to meditate on the word. Now watch this. Here are two powerful points. And I pray that you get this. Two powerful points. Watch this. Watch this. Meditating on the word brings knowledge. Meditating on the word brings knowledge. When you start to meditate on what God said, when you read scripture and you start to meditate on what God said, the meditation of the word is where you get your knowledge. If you want to become a knowledgeable person, just start meditating on the word. Start ruminating on the word. Meditate just simply means to think about what you just read. That's all it really means. It means, to, it means to read it and then think about what you just read. Read it and then ponder over what you just read. And as you start to ponder over what you just read, then you start to get knowledge. God starts to download knowledge because he says, as much as you desire me, that's as much as I'm going to give myself to you. That's the principle that God says for us. Meditating on the word brings knowledge. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now watch this. Here's the second point. Meditating on the word brings knowledge. But watch this. Meditating on knowledge brings wisdom. Meditating on knowledge brings wisdom. When you meditate on the word, you get knowledge. But then you start to meditate on the knowledge that you have and you start to get wisdom. Here's what I encourage you to do. Go go through the Bible and highlight all your favorite passages, your favorite scriptures in the Bible. Highlight them and then periodically just open up your Bible to some of the highlighted verses and start meditating on the highlighted verses you already know. The highlighted verses you already have memorized. Start going back and what's going to happen is you're going to start to grow in wisdom. So M is meditate. Here's the A in the map. is ask for wisdom. Did you know that you can ask God for wisdom? You can ask him for wisdom. You can ask for it. So meditate on the word, ask for wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Very, very plain and simple. If you lack wisdom, ask of God. Now watch this. Now watch this. That, that, that will save you a whole lot of money. If you ask God to give you some wisdom. Ask God, listen, listen, if you don't have the money to, to, uh, to fix your car, ask God to give you some wisdom. Something breaks down around the house. Instead of calling all these people and paying all this money, ask God for some wisdom. Say, Lord, give me wisdom. God, I need wisdom in this regard. I don't have the money to get this fixed. God, give me wisdom. And you'll be amazed what God starts downloading into your spirit. And my say, God, I tell you, go look at a YouTube video. And he'll lead you to the right video. And you'll go to that YouTube video, and you'll be like, okay, that seemed pretty easy. And next thing you know, you go do what the YouTube video said, and you save yourself a $1,000.
Because you pray for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Watch this. Watch this. You need wisdom, especially for those of you who are single. You need wisdom in choosing a mate. God, give me wisdom. Help me to look past them pretty brown eyes. God, I need you to give me wisdom. Show me what I can't see. I need you to give me wisdom. Watch this. Help me to get past my hormones. I, I got a yes, Lord, and I got a yes, Lord, and an amen. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Lord, I need wisdom. No, God said you need wisdom. He said, ask for it, and I'll give it to you, and I won't hold it back. That's what he said. God, I need wisdom to choose friends. You need wisdom. There's areas of our lives where we've got to operate in wisdom, where God's calling us to operate in wisdom. But in order to get wisdom, meditate on the word, meditate on the knowledge, wisdom starts to form, and then you ask God to give you wisdom. When you're stuck in a situation, watch this. Those of you who are in college or you're in school, you can pray for wisdom to pass the test. God, give me wisdom. Teach me how to pass these tests without cheating. God gives wisdom to children. How do I know? We just read it. Gene, if I'd have known, that maybe, maybe it's good I didn't know, uh, but if I'd have known back when I was a kid that I've got, I could have I grown some wisdom, maybe I'd have done some things different. If I'd have known that all I'd do is ask God for wisdom and God would have given me wisdom in certain situations, if I'd have known that, maybe I would have done it. And maybe some of the bad choices that I made in my life, maybe I wouldn't have made them. Watch this. So here's the good news for you. If you have children, you can teach your children. You can be wise 12-year-olds. You can be wise 11-year-olds. You can be a wise 17-year-old. Son, you have to make wise decisions. But wait a minute. I can't expect them to be wise if they're not meditating on the word. I can't expect them to be wise if I haven't taught them how to meditate on the word. So watch this. So my children are going to make bad decisions because I have not taught them to be wise yet. Ooh, that was good. I I got no amens on that one. Because you're only going to be with them 18 years. And when you send them out, you need to make sure you send them out armed with with the arsenal of wisdom. I need to teach you, baby. I need to teach you how to be wise. I need you how to seek wisdom. How to meditate on the word. Watch this. To ask for wisdom. And three, here's the P. M-A-P. Meditate, ask. And the P is practice, practice, practice. Practice, practice, practice. Watch this. Practice does not make perfect. Practice makes better. We never be perfect. But practice makes better. Practice, practice, practice. That means to apply what you know. Glory to God. Knowledge tells me how to stand the free throw line. Knowledge tells me how to put the ball in my hand. Knowledge tells me how to put the, I need to put some thrust behind the basketball in order to make it to get to the goal. That's what knowledge does. But watch this. Without practice, I become a poor free throw shooter. And guess what? If I'm not practicing, I'm really not operating in wisdom because without practice, I can't get better. So what am I saying to you? You have to, you have to practice God's word. In your life. You have to practice God's word. Matthew 7 24 says like this. The NIV says. Therefore anyone who hears these words of mine. And puts them what? Into practice. It's like a wise man. Who builds his house on a rock. So what I, I've got to practice. Watch this. I've got to practice forgiveness. I've got to practice prayer. I've got to practice fasting. 
I've got to practice giving. And the more I practice it, the better I become at it. Did you know that the more you forgive, the better you become at forgiving? Did you know that? You have to practice this stuff. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, elbow your neighbor and say, you need to go back to practice. You need to go back to practice. Just, yeah, you need to go back to practice. You got to practice this. If you're going to grow as a Christian, if you're going to grow, you have to practice the things that we're teaching and preaching. You got to practice it. You got to put it. The, the M is to meditate. The A is to ask. The P is to practice. That's the map. To meditate, to ask, and to practice. You have to practice the things that God said. Now watch this. Sometimes when you start practicing the thing that God said, you may not get the result that you're looking for right away. But don't be intimidated. You keep practicing because Jesus grew in wisdom. Our church is growing in wisdom. You are growing in wisdom. You're growing to another level. When I was a little boy, um, I, I, was, I, I was going through a growth spurt, and uh, I was kind of short, and then all of a sudden I, I started growing. And my mom bought me, mama, I told mama to buy me a pair of shoes, and a pair of shoes I wanted. And she was going to stop by uh, the shoe store and buy me a pair of shoes. Well, when she stopped by, she bought the pair of shoes. But when she bought them, they were all, there was a size and a half too big. And I had a big foot, and that thing, boy, that thing looked long. That thing like a Ronald McDonald's shoe. So she brings this shoe home, a size and a half too big. She gives it to me. I put it on. I said, Mama, this shoe too big. We got to be taking it back. We got to take this shoe back. This shoe's too big. Watch here's what she said. She said, next year it won't be. <laughs> next year it won't be. Next year it'll be the right size. See, she understood that if she bought the shoe to fit at the rate I was growing, I was going to grow out of the shoe that she bought. Glory to God. Can I tell you in this room today that you are about to grow out of some stuff? There are some things that you're about to grow out I wish I could preach in here. There are some things you're about to grow out of. Glory to God. You're about to grow out of putting all your business on Facebook. You're about to grow out of that. You're about to grow out of that. You're about to grow out of cussing everybody out that make you mad. You're about to grow out. I wish I had some help in here. You're about to grow out of that stuff. You're about to go, watch this, watch this. I, this is how you know you're really growing out of stuff. Because they're going to be talking noise. And you ain't scared no more. You're going to be just, you're going to be so calm. You're going to, they're going to be, they're going to be going off. And you're going to be just as calm. Do you know what I do to you? Because there are some things that you're growing out of. Listen, you're growing out of just putting five dollars in the offering. I got eighteen claps. I'm watching y'all. Thank y'all. <laughs> I'm counting them. You're growing out. That there's some things you're growing out of. Ain't that wonderful to know that you're growing? You're growing out of lusting everybody you see. You're growing out of that. You said she's fine, but I think she's crazy. Mm -mm. You you growing out of you growing out of responding to all of those IM messages, all those inbox. Cause you should respond to all that stuff. Now you'd be like, next, uh-uh, delete, 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 uh-uh, nope, delete, delete. So you you you're growing now. 
to where now somebody flirt with you. You, you used to, you used to somebody flirt with you. You get the grinning. Now they flirt with you like what you want. I got kids and bills. What you want to do? What you talking about? What you what, what you want to do? What what what? Because some stuff you have to grow out of. You got to grow out of that. You got to grow out of every time somebody say something nice about you. There you go off in la-la land and you paint this big fairy tale in your mind because they said something sweet. No. When they, when they, when they, listen, here's what you do. Here's what you do. When they start flirting with you, just get all your bills and bring them to the dinner table with you and put them on the table. Y'all sitting at McDonald's and he going to buy you a happy meal. Just take all your bills and, and don't say nothing. Just lay them all out on the table. Don't say nothing. Just keep eating your Big Mac. Don't say nothing, just lay him out there. If you want to get to me, start checking some of these off the list, honey. Check some of this stuff off. Then we can talk. Come, come. No, no, what I'm saying is, you got, there's some things you got to grow out of. Some stuff you got to grow. You can't keep going around the same mountain year after year, picking the same man, the same type of woman, year after year. There's some stuff you got to grow out of. And God is pushing us. Pushing us. You can't be mad at the same person for, for year after year after year. You have to go out of that stuff. Let that stuff go, honey. Let them go about their business. Let them do whatever they're going to do. And listen, grow out of that stuff. Forgetting those things which are behind. And pressing forward to that which is ahead. Block them folks. Delete them. Get them folks out of your life. Man, listen. Grow past these people. We have to grow past. And so God is saying to us that there's some things we got to grow up. Now watch this. Now watch this. Now not only did he grow in wisdom, but check this out. Here's a cool part. Not only grow in wisdom, but he also grew in favor. I didn't know I could grow my favor. Nobody told me that I can grow in favor. Jesus grew. Now I know I can grow in wisdom, but now you mean to tell me that your boy can grow in favor too? If I can grow in favor, I show enough. Need to learn how to grow in favor. When I was a kid, I didn't know I could grow watermelon. Much as I love watermelon, when I found out I could grow my own watermelon. Change the game for me. <laughs> the whole game changed. You mean to tell me I can take these seeds, dig me a little hole on the other side of the house, get me some good soil, put this seed down in this ground. You mean to tell me I can grow me a batch, a patch of watermelon? My watermelons, I can grow my own watermelon as much as I love. And that's not just a black thing. White folks love watermelon too. But as much as, as much as I love, you mean to tell me?
can grow. My own wife, listen, that changed the game for me. Changed the game. Ooh, every year I was out there. I was like, say them seeds. No, give me them seeds. Say them. But, but watch this. The same principle is true with favor. The same principle is true with favor. Because the Bible says that not only can you grow in wisdom, but you can also grow in favor. How in the world? How, how do you grow? Jesus grew. And Luke 2.52, he grew in wisdom and in favor. Watch this. Not just favor with God, but also favor with man. Now watch this. Now let's take a definition. Favor by, is defined by demonstrated delight. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful the way to say that? Favor is demonstrated delight. It is, it is God showing everybody around you that he delights in you. Glory to God. It's God doing things for you that you know it had to be God doing it. And glory to God. And then God will put you on display and let everybody around you see him blessing you. And you'll be blessed and folks will be trying to figure out how did you get that? How did that happen? How did y'all plant that church that fast? How did y'all get that building? How did y'all get them chairs? How did y'all get that carpet? How, you know why? Because it is God's demonstrative delight. It is God's demonstrated delight. God, it is God's favor. is God's stamp of approval on your life. It is God's demonstrated delight. It is how God shows. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here's another. Here's a cool definition. It is favor is the tangible evidence that a person has the approval of God. It is the tangible evidence that a person has the approval of God. That's what favor is. Favor is favor is having the approval of God. When God gives you favor, doors start to open for you. When God gives you favor, there's a yes in your lawyer's mouth. There's a, a yes in the banker's mouth. When God starts to give you favor, when God starts to give you favor, there's a yes in the realtor's mouth. There's a yes in the homeowner's mouth. When, when God starts to give you favor, doors start to open. And when a door shuts, God opens a window. That's the favor of God. Everything that you put your hands to, God starts to bless it. And God starts giving you a supernatural increase. And thank Things just start to increase and your family is doing good. Your mind is doing good. Your mind is doing good. It's when you have the supernatural favor of God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Where's Sister Margie? Where's Sister Margie? Sister Margie? Where's Sister Margie? Stand up, Sister Margie. Sister Margie. Sister Margie. Sister Margie. Tell about how old you are. 82 years old. Y'all come on. Listen. That is tangible evidence that the favor, come on, that the favor of God still driving, still getting around on her own, still in her right mind, over 80 years old. That is evidence that the favor of God is on her life. What's Sister Holly? Sister Holly's in here. What's Sister Holly? Send up Sister Holly. Send up Sister Holly. To tell, about her, tell about how young you are, Sister Holly. That's what I'm talking about. When you forget. <laughs> when she passed 70. When you get that far, you just stop counting. That's when you know the tangible hand of God. 
said me something, yeah. <laughs> and that sister can outrun most folks in this church. And I'm not exaggerating. She can outrun most people in this church. That's not exact. In her high heel shoes. Child, she be gone with them high heel shoes. She be gone with them high heel, boy. All I'm trying to do is show you how you can see the tangible evidence that the hand of God is on somebody's life. I can look at you and I can tell that the hand of God is on your life. Glory to God. Here's how I know that the hand of God is on your life. Look at your neighbor and say, you sure don't look like what you've been through. Just look at him and tell him, oh, Lord. That's how I know. Ooh, that's how I know. I know the hand of God must be on your life. Because you don't look like the hell you've been through. As a matter of fact, not only do you not look like the hell you've been through, you don't look like the smoke that you had to walk through to get to the hell. Glory to God. Not only will God clean you up, but God has turned situations around in your life where you won't even look like what you've been through. That's how we know the favor of God. Touch your neighbor and say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now you got to say that by faith. No weapon formed against me. That's called favor. That's the favor of God that's on your life. No weapon. And every tongue that lifts up against me in judgment, God shall condemn. That's the favor of God. That's the favor of God that's on my life. Glory to God. Tell somebody, every bill I've got is paid. Come on, tell them. Come on, man. Y'all got to believe that by faith. If God did it before, he can do it again. If God did it for somebody else, God can do it for me. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could actually think. My God is able. God is able to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. God said the favor of God is on you. Tell somebody and tell them the favor of God is on your life. Come on. No, that's the wrong neighbor. They too cute. Tell somebody that's got an ugly praise and tell them the favor of God is on your life. I see the favor of God. Glory to God. Everything you touch is going to prosper. Who am I talking to? I said everything you touch is going to I said, everything you touch going to prosper. Everything you put your hands to, God's going to bless it. Why? Because the favor of God is on your life. The favor of God. Y'all sit down, sit down. The favor of God. The favor of God. Tell somebody, you better be careful how you treat me. Come on, you better be careful. Woo! The favor of God. Jesus grew. Sit down. I'm not through. 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 I'm not through yet. I'm not through. I'm not through. I'm not through. I'm not through. Glory to God. I don't know who this is for, but tell your neighbor, I'm coming out of everything I'm going through. Come on, tell them. I'm coming out of it. I, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it smells like. I don't care how much time they say it's going to take. I'm 
I'm coming through everything that I'm going through. Glory to God. No weapon formed against me. Watch this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. The favor of God is on my life. Tell somebody, the favor of God is on my life. How you know you won't get the house because the favor of God is on my life? How you know you're going to be healed because the favor of God is on my life? How do you know your kids going to come back because the favor of God is on my life? How do you know your money's going to turn around because the favor of God is on my life? How do you know things going to work out on your job because the favor of God is on my life? Favor of God. Sit down. Jesus grew. 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 I hear that song. Yeah, I got that favor. I got that favor. And nothing wrong with having some favor. Glory to God. Favor of God. You're walking in the favor of God. You don't have to take back or take down from anybody. You're walking in the favor of God. You walk by faith. And I wish I had a help in there. You walk by faith and not by sight. Glory to God. I'm not tripping on what I see. I'm tripping on what I heard. Because faith comes by Faith come by hearing, not by what I see. It may not may not seem right, but as long as I can hear right, I can walk by faith right. Because the favor of God is right on my life. At the favor of God, things are going to work out for you because you have favor. Who am I talking to in here? You're going to get a good report because you have favor on your life. Things are going to turn around on your job because of the favor that's on your life. Things are going to work out in your home because of the favor of God that's on your life. You have the favor. You have the tangible evidence that God has promoted you and pushed you to the next level. The tangible evidence is God's favor. You've got God's favor. You've got the blessing of God. God demonstrating his delight in your life. Tangible favor. Tangible. I got I to go on. Isaiah, y'all listen. I feel something in this room. I feel like something just broke loose in your life. Glory to God. I don't know who I'm talking to. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen, listen. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for. But if this is for you, will you lean on somebody and tell them, I believe my water's about to break. Come on, just tell them. That they may not, they may not, they may not understand it. I know they don't, they don't understand. They don't know what that means. They don't understand what that means. Tell somebody, here's what it means. Tell them I'm about to give birth to something. Come on, just tell them. That just means I'm about to give birth to glory to God. I'm about to give birth to something. I'm about to give birth to a new vision. I'm about to give birth to a new dream, a new job. I'm about to open up some jobs for some other folk. I'm about to give birth to some stuff. Make some noise in this room. If you know that God is pushing you, you're in the labor and delivery room, and God is pushing you to give birth to something big. Your water's breaking in here. Tell your neighbor, watch your feet. You might be standing in my water. Glory to God. Woo, glory to God. Y'all sit down. Y'all, I, I got to finish it. Ooh, I see the water. I see it. Oh, glory to God. Oh, there's a wave moving in here. I feel a way, there's a wave, an anointing that's moving in this room today. Glory to God, hallelujah. Listen, y'all say, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go. I gotta give y'all this last point. I gotta give y'all this last point. I gotta give y'all this last point. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, something just changed in your life. 
I don't know. I feel the Holy Ghost pushing me. But there's something just changed in your life. Something just broke in the spirit. Glory to God. There's some chains that were holding you that just broke off of your life. There's some glory to God. God said there's some chains that's been holding your children that just broke off your children because of the praise you just gave, because of the favor that you're about to walk in. Glory to God. It is God's demonstrated delight over your life. God's favor. God's favor. The favor of God. The tangible evidence that a person has the approval. I walk with approval. I don't need a man's approval. You don't need the approval of man when you have the approval of God. I wish I had somebody. I said you don't need man's approval when you have the approval of God. Been approved by God. Stop beating yourself up and know that God has approved you. Stop looking for compliments and pats on the back knowing that God has approved you. You've been approved by God, honey. You've been approved by God. How do I know I'm approved? Because God accepted me as a son even when I was in my mess, when I was a wretch undone and he gave me the paracletos. He gave me the Holy Spirit. He gave me the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit says to everybody that I've been approved by God. Favor. 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 <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Favor. Favor. I got to get all these points. We got to get out there. I got to get all these points. Isaiah 66 2. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, Isaiah, don't miss this. Isaiah 66 and 2. The B cause says, These are the ones. Watch this. These are the ones that I look on with favor. Get this. These are the ones. These are the ones. These are the ones that the Lord says. These are the ones that I look on with favor. Watch this. Those who are humble, a contrite heart, and who tremble at my word. Woo! Woo! You want favor? Humble yourself. You want favor? Learn how to humble yourself. Get rid of pride if you want favor. Get rid of pride. Start humbling yourself if you really want favor. Look, look, ask God to show you the areas of your life where there's pride operating in your life and learn how to humble yourself. He said, these are the ones that I look upon with favor. Those who humble themselves. Those who have a contrite heart. The word contrite simply means, simply means that uh, 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 guilt bothers you. That means that when you do something wrong, you can't rest until you go make it right. If you can do something wrong and it don't bother you, you don't have a contrite heart yet. That's why, watch this. Here's what David said. The reason David said, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit. Here's, here's why he said it. Because David uh, slept with a man's wife, kept the husband killed, and it didn't bother him. David was relieved, relieved when her husband died. David had to go back and say, wait a minute. I'm not operating in the favor of God because that didn't bother me. When you cut somebody out and it don't bother you, you got the wrong heart. When you do wrong and it don't bother you, you got the wrong heart. Watch this, watch this. When you steal God's tithe and it don't bother you, you got the wrong heart. Thank y'all, all 13 of y'all. I'm trying, I'm trying to say how to operate in God's favor. If you, if, if you want to grow in favor, if you want your favor to grow to the next level, then we have to let what breaks God's heart break our heart. Woo! And we have to be, we have to be so sin conscious that when we sin, watch this, when you look at that TV and, and you know, they start making out, doing some crazy stuff on TV, there ought to be something that just bothers you. 
Well, y'all can't just sit there and just watch that. I got, there's something, there'll be some guilt that ha- that, that happens. Put that scripture back up there. There'll be some guilt that happens in my heart that says, God, I know that's not right. I gotta have a contrary heart. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta allow guilt to bother me. You know, I, I really appreciate people that go back and say, you know what? Yesterday I said something that, that may have been offensive. And you know what? For, forgive me for that. That's a person that got a contrite heart. They go back and apologize. You say, I said something. I did something that maybe I shouldn't have done. That's, probably, that's a person with a contrary heart. When, when, when you, when you steal them pins from the bank. When you at church running off them copies for your garage sale. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Something. It ought to, it ought to bother you. That, that's what happened to a contrite heart. Man. See, when you have a contrite heart, you walk in the favor of God. Ooh, I got that favor. I got that favor. But not only that, but you had to tremble at his word. He, they tell you in the word, that these are the ones I look on with favor. Those who humble themselves, they have a contrite heart, and they tremble at my word. In other words, in other words, when they learn what the word says, they make it up in their heart that I'm not going to transgress the word of God. When somebody says, well, the word of God says this, you ought, you ought to be so in tune with the word of God that whatever the word of God said, that's what we're going to go with. Let every man be lie and let God be the truth. We have to tremble at God's word. We have to reverence and revere God's word. Watch this. If you don't read God's regular, you don't tremble at his word. I'm, I'm talking about growing. I'm talking, y'all said y'all wanted to grow. Y'all was shouting a minute ago. Everything you touch, I'm going to be like, Whoa! But now, watch this. I could want watermelons all I want. But until I get a shovel... Until I'm willing to go dig the hole and cultivate some soil, put some good topsoil down there. And until I'm willing to do that, I'm, I'm just, now I got, I got the potential in my hand. But I'm not doing anything with the potential. Watch this. You have the potential to have greater favor than what you have right now. Jesus grew in favor. Not just with God. This is how you go in faith with God. Humility, have a contrite spirit, and tremble at his word where, where now we reverence the word of God. When you do that, you know what's going to happen? Your favor. You're going to start seeing your favor increase on your life. In fact, this is good teaching, y'all. Your, your favor, your favor is going to grow. Your favor gets larger. Your favor gets bigger. You become more prosperous in your life. The things that you touch, God just, God just gives you divine wisdom. And, and he gives you divine insight. And God gives you divine, he gives you plans. And all these things just start to work out in your life when your favor grows. Watch this. Not, not, only, not only did he grow, not only did he grow with favor with God. Proverbs 8.35 says, for whoever finds me, that means wisdom. For whoever finds me or finds wisdom, finds life and obtains faith. Favor and grace from the Lord. Do you know? Do you know why the Bible says that if a man finds a woman, uh, finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtains favor? You know why? You know why that? Let me, let me, let me, let me help you. Let me help you. It's not just about finding a wife. It's about being chaste before he finds her. That that verse was written to men who chose to abstain from sex until they got married. That's where the favor came. I'll tell you about that later. See y'all, see, y'all thought the favor was in you. Come on, 
The favor was in the decision to save himself before he got married, and that's where the favor started to operate in his life. That listen, we're going to do a marriage talk sometime in the future. We'll talk about. We'll talk a little more about that. A little more about that later. We'll talk a little more about that later. Glory to God. Okay. Uh, Listen, 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 listen. So, 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 watch this. How do you find favor with men? And I'm done. How do you find favor with men? We don't find favor with God. But how do you find favor with men? Well, we find in Genesis 39, very, very good passage. Genesis 39, beginning at verse number 3. Genesis 39, 3 says, when his, when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes. When his master saw, and I'm closing, whoever's closing with me, when, when the master saw that everything this boy did God multiplied it you find favor with man when you operate in the favor of God and the favor of God starts to manifest on your life around men who don't know God and they say something special about you since you came to this job you've grown this department this department has done well so since you came to the campus the kids are acting better glory to God the kids are acting better. The faculty, the staff is getting along now since you came to this campus. And they start to realize that it's something special about you. Something special about you. You operate in God's favor. And when you operate in God's favor, then you have, then, then, then men start to favor you. They start to look at you and say, we're going to promote you. We're going to put you in a different position. We're going to give you a little more responsibility. And you start, you start to get favor with God. And with man. God wants to promote you to the next level. God wants to promote you beyond. Listen, God wants to promote you even beyond your own capacity to receive. God wants to promote you. Will you stand all over the house? Will you stand? We're growing to another level. There's some things you're growing out of, praise the Lord. There's some things you're dealing with this year you're not going to have to deal with next year. Maybe you wrestle to pay. Maybe you wrestle to pay your bills for a while. But guess what? There's a season coming. You're not going to wrestle with that anymore because the favor of God is going to manifest on your life. I'm, listen, I speak supernatural favor all over this house and all over this building. The same supernatural favor that's on this ministry. I pray, I decree and declare that that same supernatural favor will is about to hit your house and about to hit your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. I speak no lack. I speak no bill left unpaid. In the name of Jesus. I speak supernatural debt cancellation and supernatural payoff. Well, God's going to start paying off some stuff for you early. And God's going to give you strategy. He's going to give you wisdom and strategy to pay stuff off early. To get you out of debt. To owe no man nothing but to love him. God's about to give you supernatural strategy. Supernatural debt cancellation. This thing's about to happen in your life. Because we're growing to another level. We have to start operating at another level. Another level of effectiveness. Another level of efficiency. God is pushing us to operate at a higher level. Glory to God. Will you bow your heads right there where you are? Father, thank you, Lord, for pushing us. Pushing us to grow. Pushing us to examine ourselves, look at our own lives.